Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you live your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day of your life. Sometimes it's a little more challenging than others, and we're going through one of those challenging times. I'm your host, Ron Kaiser. I'm a positive health psychologist and also author of the award-winning and best-selling book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is thementalhealthgym.com, where we're always happy to hear from you, as well as providing sources of information regarding positive psychology, goal-achieving psychology, rejuvenating, and generally living your life with enthusiasm. As you know, we bring you a great variety of guests who have one thing in common. They live their lives in a positive, enthusiastic manner, and are able to present those kinds of learnings to each of us, how to do it, how to do it effectively, how to be the best version of yourself and the most positive version of yourself. Today, we're very fortunate to have one of my favorite people as a guest. She's such a favorite that I'm having her back a second time. Nada Hogan is an acupuncturist, oriental medicine practitioner, transformational life coach, and as if that's not enough, she is now a vibrational sound healer, which I don't know what it means, but we're going to learn about it at some point. Nada is the host of Dare a New Belief podcast and the founder of Dare a New Belief Transformational Coaching, where changing your beliefs changes your life. Nada has served clients in the healing arts for more than 30 years, obviously beginning when she was in kindergarten. <laughs> she earned her collegiate degrees in sociology, occupational therapy, and most recently acupuncture and transformational life coaching. Nada was unfortunately devastated when she unexpectedly lost her 18-year-old daughter. Through that loss, she learned firsthand that the power to change is only available within yourself. It doesn't matter how unfair a circumstance is. It is solely your choice as to how you're going to respond. Through spiritual laws and principles, Nada teaches others how to navigate through the pain and immobilization from the loss of a loved one and other life traumas. In that way, you can assess your body's wisdom to go into the world boldly and live an audaciously succulent life, carrying with you cherished memories, but not being defined by your loss. I think you can understand from this introduction why I thought NATO was the perfect guest for this time. I have so much admiration for her. Those of you who heard her earlier episode on my podcast, undoubtedly do too. And I know many more of you will be as equally impressed as I am. So Nada, after that introduction, welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Thank you, Ron. It is such an honor to be with you. And I truly mean that and truly a pleasure. And I love being with you because you are so positive and it just feels great to be inside of that positive energy. So thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for putting up with me one more time. (laughs) 
as we know, this is being recorded during the time of the COVID-19 pandemic. Hopefully not everybody who listens to it will be hearing it now, but that we'll have some evergreen ideas into the future. But I'm wondering, what are you doing these days to to cope with, I assume, uh, staying home and dealing with trying to protect yourself and your loved ones and dealing with this spate of bad news that we, we keep hearing about. Yeah. So actually, one of the things that I started doing that, and it just popped into me, because energy flows to and through us all of the time, and these ideas just pop up, and I thought, how can I be of service to other people who are really struggling from this, people who are like literally locked down in their house where they're so used to getting in their car every day and driving off to work, and their kids are going to school or daycare, and now everybody is just crunched into a house. And I thought, how can I lighten that load? Because for me, that's the thing that feels so good. When I can give something to somebody else to make them feel better or help them to feel better. So I started doing free mini sound baths. And that's all about the vibrational sound healing. And I was offering those every night at 6 p.m. So people could just tune in for 10 minutes and just relax, recalibrate, rejuvenate and just be in a different space. The other thing I started doing is using Instagram and I contacted people that I knew and I'm probably going to have to contact you now. So heads up, but I contacted people that I knew that I knew had positive outlooks on life and asked them to just come on Instagram with me and share what they saw as being a positive thing that was happening in the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic, what they saw in the world, what they experienced with their own selves that was positive and uplifting. And every person that I reached out to said, I have a story. I've either seen it or I've read it or I've been part of it. And I would love to share the story. So I've been finding everything positive because I truly believe this. And this is the gift that came from losing my daughter, that every adversity, no matter how traumatic it is, has to have something as big and beautiful on the other side of it. And so I knew there had to be big, wonderful things that were taking place because of this. In fact, I just discovered today that the marine life is starting to come back because of this pandemic. So I'm searching for all the wonderful things that are happening in the world with people, with nature, with our ecological systems, and sharing that as much as I possibly can to help uplift other people. And that uplifts me. Great. I hope this will be a vehicle to help in that sharing. I actually just recorded a podcast that I titled The Importance of Connection or something like that now more than ever. And I'm really happy to see that, you know, you're a practitioner of that. It's real important to be reaching out to people who may not even think about it till you reach out to it. But it's one of our basic human qualities that has, has helped us to survive as a species by being social beings. Right. So real happy to hear that. Yeah. But you kind of glossed over the uh, this vibrational sound baths. <laughs> this isn't necessarily something that's in public awareness for a lot of people, including myself. So uh, while I got a lot of questions to ask you, 
I couldn't let that go without having some understanding of what you're doing since you're apparently doing it every night. Yes, yes. So there's a lot of different vibrational sound healing. I'm using alchemy crystal quartz singing bowls. And I just don't happen to have one in here with me, but it almost looks like a a glass, like a big, tall bowl. But they're made with 99.99% pure crystal quartz. And then they're infused with earth minerals and gemstones. And then you have a mallet and you just run the top. Remember how you would do that on a wine glass? Lick your finger and have that vibration. So it's similar to that. But because these are 99.99% pure crystal quartz, when that sound vibration goes out, because we're made of a crystalline structure, that vibration literally starts talking to the cells. So every one of these bowls are very individual. And as crazy as it sounds, they hold their own consciousness. And so you can use alchemy crystal singing bowl and you can address the chakra system or you can address the endocrine system because every single system in your body has a musical note that is attached to it. And that musical note will resonate with that certain part of the body. And then you use also the gems that are infused. So say Ruby, Ruby is a gem that would go right to the throat. So if somebody's having a hard time speaking their truth or speaking, you know, I'm afraid, I'm alone, you know, I feel so disconnected from the world. Just by playing that bowl with that person allows this part to open and to start to heal and maybe even express repressed emotions that we've been holding down or even coming up with a really creative way to be connected with other people, even while we're in the middle of the social distancing. So the sound bath, you don't get naked for it. That's what people said when I first said I was doing a sound bath. They're like, a whole bunch of people and we're all going to be naked laying down. It's like, no, all clothes are on. Nobody takes anything off. And you just close your eyes and you just bathe in the vibration of it. So I played five different bowls and they all have a different vibration and it just resonates with different parts of your system. And if we have time, I'll tell you the synchronicities on how I got into doing the bowls, which was also a healing story, but only if we have time. Okay. Well, the, uh, I guess I'm wondering though, is this sort of a preventive thing or do you have to be feeling a particular way and want to get better by, by listening? In other words, is it something that, you know, like I will pay uh, attention to some meditations and go on and listen to some practitioners. I don't necessarily have to feel that I'm not calm in order to do that. Yes, I'm wondering, is this something kind of for everybody or is it something when you're feeling badly in some part of your body? Yeah. No, it's for everybody at any given time. It's just like listening to the birds sing. I don't know if there's ever a time in our life that it's a bad thing to go outside and hear the birds singing. It's for anybody, anytime. It's the time you want to, I want to go and I just feel really inspired and energetic and I want to listen to some music that resonates with that vibration. The same thing with the bowls. They can rejuvenate you, lift you up, inspire you. They can calm you down if it feels like your energy is real scattered. You know those days where it's just like, oh, I'm just everywhere and I can't seem to pull myself back together? They can bring you back together. 
They can lift you up when you're tired. They can just be in the same vibration that you're in where you're just laying back listening to classical music or a really good rock and roll band and that's just the mood I want to be in. So you don't have to be needing anything because we're all in vibration. We're all in vibration all the time. Everything in this world vibrates all the time. So there's times you just want to be in maybe more vibration. Maybe I just want to be in complete silent vibration. You know, even though there's still airwaves and sound waves and those are still vibrating, but I'm not consciously paying attention to those. I'm just going into my own space. So any mood, every mood, it works for everybody and everything. And some people don't resonate with it. Some people wouldn't like it. You know what Tibetan singing bowls are? You've heard of Tibetan singing bowls? Uh, very similar to that, but those are metal. And so they have a little bit more of a ding. There's more of a harshness to it where the alchemy bowls have more of a softness to it. So it's along the same lines on why you would play Tibetan singing bowls, just to be in this vibration, because it just feels different in different vibrations. Yeah, thank you. I'm sure that there are some listeners who are going to be kind of skeptical about the whole idea, but I always kind of like things that don't have bad side effects. And as I'm listening, I can't imagine any side effects other than, you know, particularly if you're skeptical, it may not work, but I can't hear anything that would make anything worse. And, and it sounds like some people have really benefited by doing it. But I don't want to get distracted, <laughs> given that wasn't why I asked you to come on, but I hadn't known about this before. But I would like to talk a little bit about staying positive during negative or ambiguous times such as what we live in now and maybe before I get into today's things this may be a little bit of a repeat for those who heard the earlier version but how did you I mean it's just so hard to fathom the unexpected loss of a child and I know some people don't really handle it well don't recover well what was there either about you or what you decided to do or what you learned or how did you come out of this as positive as you are? Yeah, well, you know, God bless her. So my daughter, Dara, I say she's teaching me all of the time. And she was my daughter that was killed in the car accident. She's always teaching me. And I really do truly believe you know, I used to kind of wonder, are there soul contracts? Could it be possible that before we show up here on earth, that we've made a soul contract and said, you know, yeah, I'll be the 18-year-old daughter that dies what everybody says is too early. And I said, yeah, I'll be the mom of that 18-year-old daughter. And I'll see if I can live through that and make the best of that kind of thing. And I mean, I don't know. That was something that always ran in the back of my mind is, is that part of this because it didn't make any sense. She shouldn't even have been in Minnesota. She should have been in Montana or she should have been in Florida. And because of the craziest reasons, she was in neither place. She was here. So too many things just were adding up that there's something more powerful going on here than just this car accident. And so I hung on tightly to that. I hung on very tightly to that. I knew I was in a bad place, and I don't remember if we spoke about this last time. My husband and I were not in a good place in our relationship. In fact, we were probably on the verge of getting a divorce. 
my son at the time was only 17 years old and he had gone down a very bad path, dark, very dark drugs and alcohol. And my daughter was my saving grace. She was just that good kid. So when she died, I knew I was walking this fine line of falling into the brink and going into the abyss and never coming back or taking one small step at a time. And I would hear her so much at the time saying, what are you doing today to honor me? How are you honoring my life by just sitting down and quitting and sobbing and not showing up? You can't move forward by leaving me behind and and saying, this is it. I just quit. So that type of stuff, her voice showed up in my head all of the time. And one time, as I was walking by her pictures on a hallway wall, and I looked at it, and I just started crying, and I fell to the floor, and I was just sobbing on the floor, and I heard her so loud and clear say to me, please do not look at my pictures anymore if all you're going to do is cry, because if this is all my life meant to you, then I don't want you to look at those pictures. And I knew then her life had to be so much more than just my pain that her life, her memory, what she left here on this earth had to be so much bigger than the pain that I was going through. And I knew that if I just kept taking each step, that she would guide me to the next step. As I went through the grieving process, you know, it took me a while. I went through the grieving process and I still grieve for it, but not to the extent that I did before. So it seems like it's so complex. There's just not one sentence on, on how it is that I manage that. But she shows up all of the time, all of the time in so many beautiful ways. In fact, the instructor that taught me the crystal singing bowls, that was a connection from Dara also. So these synchronistic moments, remember like Albert Einstein said, synchronicities are God's way of remaining anonymous. And that's the kind of stuff that shows up in my life all the time. And there's no question that Dara has her hand in that. And I can hear her cheering it on, just like, yes, yes, yes. So that's the stuff. It's like, yeah, get up and let's see what kind of magic we're going to do today, girl. Yeah, it's a wonderful story. I'm wondering if this may be a good point to transition to the fact that we now have, unfortunately, thousands, tens of thousands of people who have lost loved ones who a month or two ago were, you know, just part of their lives, functioning normally in much the same way as, as your daughter was. Obviously, circumstances are, are somewhat different. But I guess I'm asking a two-part question. Number one, based on your history, what advice can you give to somebody who has experienced one of those unthinkable losses? And and again, I, I feel guilty presenting anything as an analogy, either to you or to somebody else who's lost. But in many cases, because of the restrictions put on by social distancing in the hospitals and so on, being unable to say goodbye properly. Can you give anybody some advice in those regards? How you handle this? Again, if you go back to two months ago, something that wasn't on anybody's radar. Right, right. Yeah, so the whole thing about not being able to say goodbye. So are you meaning that unexpected death or because the person got sick during these last two months, but you couldn't go into the hospital or you couldn't go into the nursing home and 
be with them. Is, is that what you're meaning? Yes, I think that's why I said it's kind of a two-part question. I think that one is if there was a bit of a time frame to adjust to it, that's one thing, but it's not the same thing as say you have this older person who suffered from dementia or heart disease for years, that it was a very short preparation time. And in some cases, again, there was no real opportunity. The person was on a ventilator, not conscious, no real proper way of of saying goodbye to somebody who you didn't expect to say goodbye to. You know, and I think that that's always the most painful because we don't have that opportunity to say goodbye in a way that we wish that we would have been able to say goodbye. It makes me want to cry. And to say how much we love them and how much they meant to us and what they meant in our life. And I think because of that, I think because of what's happening, that gives us an opportunity now to be able to say, I am not letting one more moment pass by without telling those people that I love how much I love them because we can't ever predict what's going to happen. We don't even know if we have this evening. We know we have this moment. We don't know if we have four moments down the road. Heart attacks happen like right now. So I think it gives us that opportunity to wake up more to be able to say, my gosh, all I have is guaranteed is this very moment. And I'm going to tell you how much I love you right now. And even if some people don't want to hear it. It's like, oh, don't get all gushy on me. And it's like, well, I'm gushing on you because I want to feel okay about it. And if something does happen to me or you, I want you to know how I felt before I'm gone or before you're gone. So when that person passes away unexpectedly, I mean, it's just like, God, because it's such a mind game. I mean, we can't, there's no do-overs. There's no, oh, if only I could. There's none of that. And then we tend to torture ourselves. So I suggest to people, and I invite them, to have that conversation with that person who has passed away, who has transitioned, and to be able to say whatever it is that you want to say, even though they're not here in physical form, everything is energy. And I truly believe that. How else can I hear my daughter? It's not psychotic, and it's not make-believe, and I usually don't even hear it here. I hear it here. You can't make that kind of stuff happen. And so I say talk to that person. And if you're mad that they're gone, then let them know I'm mad that you're gone. You shouldn't have left yet. I'm not ready for this. And get all of that out of you. And then you love and embrace them and you love and embrace where they're at. One of the things that I did that I think was really powerful for me to heal, when I had such a hard time, I would do role reversal. And I would say, if Daryl was here on earth and I was the one that passed away and I'm in heaven, what would I say to her when I saw her going through what I was going through? And that to me was some of the best advice because it felt like it was really her saying to me, it was my time to go. There's a divine timing in all of this. And sometimes it shows up as a car accident. And sometimes it shows up as a pandemic. And sometimes it shows up as a heart attack. But there's a divine timing to all of this. And you're still here on earth. And what is it that I left with you that you can carry forward for me, honoring me and my life? How can you do that? And then you heal because wherever I've transitioned to, I'm in a really good place. I truly believe that. I'm in a really good place. And now you live the rest of your life and you live it fully. 
and you bring me with you by sharing memories and, you know, visit my gravesite and bring me flowers or bring flowers to the nursing home or, or whatever it is that makes you feel good, but do it in my memory. And then it makes you feel good too. And it helps you to heal because ultimately, I mean, sometimes I can't even believe that I say this Ron, but it's true. Ultimately, we're all going to die. It's just the one thing that we know positively we're all going to die. And it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It doesn't have to be that thing we're so afraid of. And I never would have said that before. I was so angry at God when Dara died. But that's really where I'm at, that it teaches us to love this gift called life right now and to truly live this life and love the people that are in our life and make this world absolutely the best place that we can make it because of the loved one that was here with us and allow their memory to continue on because it all continues on. Energy can't be created or destroyed. It's always going to be here. It's wonderful and practical advice and really helps to explain where your positive personality comes from. On a somewhat related note, one of the things that happens when you get to be my age is you wind up knowing some people who die of just regular causes. And I've known a couple of families who've had to deal with the fact that that somebody died during the time of the pandemic, not related to COVID-19, but because of social distancing rules, there was no public funeral and so on. And I know it's been a while since my parents have died, but I do remember the how appropriate it was to be able to do closure by having the funerals, having people who knew them longer than I did tell me stories about their lives and so on. And while I think in many cases we see obituary notices that say public funeral will be held at some future date or so on, they're, currently they're grappling with the fact that isn't what happened, that there was a death, there aren't many people to share their mourning process with, at least in an overt public way. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the hardest things. I actually thought about that because I said something to Dennis, my husband, probably three days ago, how painful that would have been to have lost my daughter or anybody and not have that support of people with you because that human touch of just being able to hug one another heart to heart and our hearts being able to be in coherence of, oh my God, I grieve for you. And that grieving of that other person helps us to heal. So not having that has to be one of the most painful things on top of already having to navigate this loss. I know that some of the funeral homes, at least around here, I know some of the funeral homes were doing things where they would have, you can't be together, but they would have at the funeral home, people could drive by like a funeral procession. And so they could talk to the family and you could be outside, but it's not the same. It's just not the same. And I think it adds such an extra level of pain to that passing right now because it's such a ritual to have that funeral and to have that closure and to know that I have to put this off a month or two months before I can get to it, I think just extends that pain even more. And the thing that comes to mind is one of my favorite mentors says, big people 
take on big projects, meaning there's a big healing and a big learning that happens from these things that are so devastating to us that out of this, there can also be a blessing. I don't know what that blessing is. And I guess for me, if it was happening to me, I would be saying, please come to the end of my driveway. Come to the end of my driveway and share with me everything you know about my loved one. Tell me everything that you know. And even though I can't hug you, I can see you eye to eye. And not virtually see you eye to eye. I want to see your body. I need to see you. So that is what I would ask people to do. You know, the funeral home, yes, because I think that's part of the ritual. But it seems like after the funeral, we all have the reception. We go to the cemetery or wherever. And then we come back to a meeting place and usually have some kind of reception, sharing food. And that's all part of the ritual. Please just come to the end of my driveway and share those stories with me and tell me how much my loved one meant to you. And let me share with you the pain that I'm feeling right now. And even though I cannot physically hold you and you can't hold me, you being able to see me and me being able to see you on a different level that's going to help with my own healing process. So that's what I would say. Okay, great advice. Thank you very much. On a semi-lighter note, I thought you would be a good person to ask this question. Last night at dinner, I don't even remember what it was that I was eating and I got some grease on my shirt and I had about a 60 second tantrum while I ran to the bathroom to try and wash it off which obviously soap and water doesn't work on and then I didn't know exactly whether to get mad at myself for being a slob or at my wife for putting too much oil and whatever it was stir fry or salad or whatever and at some point it kicked in And I started saying, you know, how dare I do this? That there are medical people risking their lives every day. There are people working in grocery stores every day, risking their lives, coming home to families, delivery people, there are people who have lost others. But I'm not unique in that regard. You know, as I started thinking about, you know, I've had some conversations with people, you know, why can't barbers open my roots are showing. I've got a child who's getting married, not me, but they would say, I've got a child who's getting married, the wedding should go on in the fall, but how can I order a dress online? You know, these are normal kinds of concerns, but I'm wondering if there's some good that can come out of this, of being able to learn how to put these things in perspective, that maybe a few months ago, I may have been bothered by the fact that until I find out if the cleaner can really take it out. You know, I I probably only wore this shirt five times, which is, you know, it's not terrible if I lose it. Yeah, maybe, again, in my case, I don't know how many weeks it's been since I got a haircut. How can we kind of put things in perspective that may have some carryover, you know, on the other side of this, when we hopefully don't have to revert to being overly petty about our concerns? Well, you know, what comes to mind is how we take so many things for granted. We just go through life expecting everything to be there. We expect the cleaners to be there. We expect the barber to be there. We expect the grocery store clerks to be there, the medical personnel to be there. And we just take it for granted. And we're not even in, maybe a little bit we're in a place of gratitude, but not overtly gratitude. I don't think we live our life in a place of gratitude. I think it's just like, I need this. 
I need that need met, no matter how petty it is. You know, like if we just used a shirt, if that shirt happened to get ruined, you know, if, if we think about people that are starving in another country, it's like, my God, what they would do just to have clothing, right? So it's being able to be so grateful that, my gosh, that I even had enough money to be able to buy this shirt. And what if I got this shirt on, you know, a really great deal that even I, I got to use that creative factor of my own mental faculties of being able to shop for a good deal? Or how many times have I really said to the person who cuts my hair and colors my hair, like how grateful I am for you, not just in that moment, but I'm grateful for you that you're here on this planet the same time I am, because I'm going to you not only because you cut my hair in a way that I like, but there's got to be an energetic connection that I have with that person, or I would go to somebody else. I mean, I think most people would. You cut my hair really good, but I can't stand being in your presence. That's really hard to do. So how grateful I am that you just happen to be on this planet the same time I'm on this planet. And groceries especially, how many times have we just driven into town super quick, grabbed three things and left, and it's like, yep, thank you, bye. Not really, thank you. Thank you for being here because now I realize, my gosh, without that grocery store and that convenience and that person checking me out, this is really complicated and difficult. What would I do without the grocery store and you being here to check me out? Now, all of a sudden, I have a completely different gratitude and understanding and respect for the people, not only because they're doing it during COVID-19, but when we get on the other side of this, every single job is so important. This might be off a little bit. My ex-father-in-law shared this with me years ago when my kids were just babies. And he said to me, what if your son wants to grow up and be a garbage man? And I was like, oh my God, no. Like he better have bigger aspirations than being a garbage man. And he always called me Nadia. Well, Nadia, what's wrong with the garbage man? If you didn't have the garbage man, what are you going to do with your garbage? And I just stopped for a second. He's like, there's every job in the world is important. It's not this job is more, a doctor's more important than a garbage man. I don't know, let all your garbage pile up in your front yard and then you tell me whose job's more important. They're all important. So I think when we start being in that place of gratitude for everything that everybody shows up and does in the world, it changes not only us, it changes the whole entire world. I knew you'd have a great answer for that. <laughs> As you may know, in positive psychology, one of our big exercises is the gratitude exercise. At the end of the day, to really write down three things that went well. And I know with some patients, it's really kind of like pulling teeth to try and find things. And, uh, you know, I would always point out, it doesn't really have to be a big thing that, you know, if you plan to get someplace and you got there on time, that went well, so on. But I think one of the things I'm noticing in the telehealth that I'm doing with patients now is that is a, a byproduct of what's going on is people do notice certain things that are going well, even with some petty kinds of things that may not be going well. And I think it's hopefully will be one of the real outcomes, you know, when we get to the other side and, and have some of this behind us, hopefully sooner rather than later. Running close to getting out of time, so I just have a couple of other questions. One, were you always this positive a person, or is it something that you studied, worked on, 
if somebody knew you when you were a teenager or young adult, are you kind of like you are now, but now you have all these more degrees and more experience and stuff like that? Yeah. I think that I always have been pretty optimistic. I think I've always had a pretty optimistic attitude, and I think I was just born with that. It doesn't mean I haven't had, because you, you can talk to some people going, she's the grumpiest person I've ever met. And I mean, I absolutely have those down moments that last a lot longer than just a moment. But really, I think through all of the life experiences and the most painful of losing people, I think has made me more optimistic, more connected to the source, God, spirit, whatever we want to call this. And I think I have a, such a deep appreciation for this life really being a gift that this isn't, there's some people that just drip through this and get to the end and like, what, like you missed the whole ride. The whole carnival was right there in front of you and you missed everything. What happened? And I think that's what life is here to do is to really, it's a good time. I think it's really supposed to be a good time and not this crazy struggle. So I would say, yes, I think I'm pretty optimistic, but I think it's the painful things that have made me more optimistic and more positive. And that's why it's, you know, through the hardest things in the world, there's such blessings that come from that. And if we can know that on a deeper level, an internal deeper level, then those hard things don't seem so hard. And it kind of cushions us along as we're navigating our life. You're really an awesome role model, and I'm really proud to have you as a friend. And I'm really happy that you were willing to come on again and share your wisdom and your positive attitude. And I can't promise we won't ask you another time. Hopefully not because we're going through another crisis, but let's see how it goes. So I, I really can't thank you enough. I'm so honored. And I'm telling you, I told my husband when I first met you at the New Media Summit, because I always have people that I want to grow up into. I want to grow into that person. And you're on my list as one of the people that I want to grow up into. So it is truly an honor to be with you. And I thank you so much. And I would love to come back and be on your show again. Wonderful. Thanks very, very much. And as you are well aware, your advice is really important and positive and will help people as we go through the process of dealing with whatever life is throwing to us. This has been Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Our guest has been Nato Hogan, who has lots of degrees and titles and stuff like that, but most of all is a really positive and knowledgeable human being who's in position to help. In order to get to you, how do people find out where you are, how they can utilize more than a podcast's worth of help from you, Nada? Oh, thank you, Ron. The easiest way is just going to my website, and that's Nada at NadaHogan.com. Great. And my website is TheMentalHealthGym.com. This has been one of our weekly podcasts, Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. It's been an especially important one and an especially good one. And we're looking forward to seeing you at the next one. Hope all of you learned something from it. Hope you'll 
visit and rate, review, and continue to listen to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Thanks again, and everybody stay safe.